0: In three, two, one. John, are we live? We're live, sir.
1: What's going on? I feel like it's been a couple weeks since you decided to take that long vacation, so I missed you. Ah, uh, thanks, man. It's been a bit of a bit. How, uh, how was Ireland?
0: Ireland was fantastic. It was, uh, it was green and friendly and intoxicating, but uh, mostly just fun. It was just a fun... Um, it's it's hard. I know. I sent you a couple pictures, and pictures just don't do it justice. It's just it's a beautiful country, and everybody's just so so nice in this, in in a genuine way. It's not just the fake hotel. Oh, nice to see you. I mean, everybody just stop and help you, and it was just great. So my sister said
1: too. She went like uh, a month or so ago, and she okay. said
0: everybody was super friendly, and they they oh, drank a lot. Uh, yeah, we. Uh, well, you had said. You would ask that I have some Guinness for you, which I did, uh, for you. And then my sister wanted me to have some Jameson, which I did, and then other people. So I just kept going. I was just filling orders.
1: Did you have any of uh, Conor McGregor's proper 12 whiskey?
0: I did not. No? I did not. I did not. Uh, I didn't know it was his until Saturday night uh, when I saw the fight. Um, it was primarily Jameson and some Telemortu. Cool. Yeah, yeah I, I. uh Did you watch the fight? Did. Got home Saturday, took a little nap, went to a buddy's house, and uh, watched, watched that whole thing. What a debacle that was at the end. Uh, but it was a fun night. Yeah. It was a, it was a great night. We we're still sort of on vacation time, so we're, we're a little bit tired. But, uh, yeah, we made it through.
1: It was, uh, it was pretty crazy because I was in Vegas. While the fights were happening, I had to go to a wedding, so I didn't get to go to the actual fight. Right. But as soon as I got back to the win, um, I get dressed to go meet some friends. I walk downstairs and there's tons of cops running in because the Irish and the Russian fans are actually fist fighting. And I'm like, get, get me the hell out of here. Um, but it was it was nuts. It was crazy in Vegas when, uh, when all that went down.
0: I saw, I saw some footage, some handheld footage, people putting stuff on YouTube with some of the fights going out on the street. It's just it nuts. Was yeah, I mean, it was stupid.
1: I mean, the whole aftermath. I mean, it was one of those things where uh, I'm a big Conor fan, but yep. he talked a t- a ton of shit. So, I, Khabib jumping over the fence and going after Dylan Dance, yeah. who's jujitsu coach. I, I don't think that was that big of a deal. Conor getting sucker punched, I think, was a pretty big
0: deal because he had just got done with a uh, four yeah. four round fight. And but he got he got beat down. Not not after yeah. the fight, during the fight. That was kept looking for an upside, and he just
1: he just wasn't there. I heard he's going to get his rematch. Um I don't think it's going to go very differently cuz he's demanding his rematch but uh yeah I think uh I think that wrestling is a is a bit much for him so
0: I just don't I don't think he warrants I don't think a rematch is warranted right now. Yeah well, I I,
1: no. it, I could go on for an hour I, know, I won't I know, I know I but know. Uh, I was disappointed um that he got yeah, so his butt kicked. Um any shout outs before I jump to our first guest?
0: Um yeah you know, uh, he always my sister-in-law. My shoutouts. No, <laughs> my sister-in-law's mean. got birthday coming up, uh, so happy birthday Sue! See you, Sarah, and for or the celebration. And uh, big shout out to my beautiful girlfriend Maggie for putting the trip together. She and a couple of her girlfriends put the trip together that we were just on. Me and a couple of other guys, we just said yes or no to a couple things, but they did everything. And I tell you what, they—it was just a fantastic trip and they did everything, so thank you so much, it was awesome, that's it. Cool,
1: I don't have any big shout-outs today. <laughs> I'll get into Nicole first, and then uh, maybe I'll think of a shout-out. Um, our first guest is coming to us from FaceTime, I think. Yes. So we're hoping that all of you can hear her and see her. This is the first time we're going to FaceTime. Skype did not work out the last couple of times, so we're gonna talk to Nicole for a few minutes before we get to our uh, in studio guest um, Nicole Marcel is of the Boys and Girls Club of Lake Tahoe and with Lake Tahoe television Nicole can you hear me okay I can hear you, can you, go hear me? I can hear you loud and clear um, so tell us uh, what you do with the Boys and Girls Club out in Lake Tahoe um, and a little bit about the Boys and Girls Club I've done some work with them here in Chicago and they're incredible we've done some work with the uh, Pilsen Boys and Girls Club through the Chicago Association of Realtors. We visited the club, hung out with the kids, and um, it was one of the coolest experiences I ever had. But tell us what you guys are up to and um, about some of the cool events that you have coming up. Yeah, I- Awesome. And you're also involved in Lake Tahoe television, is that correct? Wow, and you got into um, communications and knew John from back in Chicago when you were doing commercials,
0: correct? Yeah, commercials, I was it was a, a goldfish commercial, right? Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, it was. And the, we did some scuba work, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Holy smokes, you are busy. I thought I was busy. And you're busy in like a lot of different ventures. So it's, you know, you go from TV to the Boys and Girls Club, and it's, you're dragged in a lot of different ways. Good for you. What's crazy is um, I've been to Lake Tahoe twice. I was a lot younger, and I've wanted to go back, and both times I skied at Heavenly, which was awesome. Yeah. I used to lift right by the lift, well, one lift, and
2: I moved a few months ago to, to another lift. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing. You
1: can just walk to go snowboarding out here, go mountain biking. I went to the BIMS park this morning, all sorts of activities. <laughs> is the weather still nice out there? Awesome. When does the snow start kicking in there? Anytime, honestly. It snowed
2: at a very high
1: peak of so like 9,000 feet already. Craziness. So we honestly can get snow at any time. Awesome. It can snow is <laughs> Well, if uh, we decide to come skiing, we'll come talk to you for sure. Uh, Please do. <laughs> And anything else coming up with the Boys and Girls Club that we can kind of help push? And also with the Boys and Girls Club, are they, I, I know they're a national um club. Does each one run itself kind of independently so it has to come up with its own funding? I've always been curious yeah, about that. Totally independently, kinda of like a franchise. We have all the different McDonalds and everything and they're independently owned. We actually pay a fee to have the Boys and Girls Club name every year. Really? Uh, so yeah, we all raise our own money, everything you provide for the kids and everything. It's all all you. Well thank you for everything you do. Um any yeah. advice and Part, part of the show is more kind of uh, on giving people advice who want to get into a similar field. And um, I know you've done a lot with communication, um, whether it be get into the Boys and Girls Club on a level where they can contribute or into communication as ge- in general. Any advice you can give um, to the people who are listening? Awesome. It's great advice. And that was a, I didn't know she was working in racing as well because the next guy we have on, it's like the perfect bump and set really for is. me to spike. <laughs> the next guy we're going to have on in a second from uh, Extreme Experience is uh, he's in the racing world. Um, awesome. Yeah, Doc, That was a few years. A lot of traveling. It's like 300 days a year of traveling. Yikes. So you're glad you're settled now in Tahoe. <laughs> Well, Tahoe's in <laughs> Right, yeah, you have to get I was about to say you have to get to Reno and then fly out of Reno, right? Yeah, the cheaper flights out of Sacramento and San Francisco. So sometimes you don't feel like driving a few hours. Yeah, that's a hike. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, thank you for uh, for coming on real quick. When you're in Chicago, we'd love to have to have you actually in the studio and chat with
0: you yeah, or let you guys
1: know. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much. I'm glad John this FaceTime worked. I think we got something here.
0: I think so. I'm I'm hoping that everybody's hearing what we're hearing. <laughs> They'll usually
1: tell us if they're not hearing. Someone will text us and tell us, hey, nobody can hear. So, um, thank you so much for coming on, Nicole, and uh, we'll let you go because I think you're in your car. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Drive
0: safe. absolutely. Bye-bye, Nicole. Bye. Bye.
1: Look at that, John. You uh, You you made that FaceTime work.
0: Well, hopefully, yeah, like I said, hopefully everybody heard us. I think that, uh, like you said, we usually find out if people can't hear they usually will chime in and tell us
1: yeah coach quick's listening and he would have probably told us he couldn't hear he's talking about the uh, mcgregor fight but we'll we'll talk about the mcgregor fight to coach quick uh later on because (laughs) i'm probably you know we always say every week i could talk for two three four hours with a guest but the next topic is the topic that's near and dear to me it's Auto racing and fast and cool cars, and then the business side of it as well. So Adam Olalde, right? I didn't didn't goof it up. Um, From Extreme Experience, um, thanks for coming on.
2: Tell us what you
1: guys do at Extreme Experience. I don't want to butcher it. You probably have a better pitch and story of what you guys do. So what is it you guys do?
3: To keep it high level, we provide uh, driving and racing experiences to, quite honestly, the unqualified, but very willing, quite willing, uh, participant all over North America. We're the largest provider of it, um, and we've been doing it for six years now.
1: Very cool. And you say almost unqualified. What's funny is, and I've instructed racing schools, I feel like everybody thinks they're better at driving cars fast than they actually are.
3: And that's true. Yeah. They are better at thinking they're faster than they actually yeah. are. The good part about a racetrack is it's the great equalizer. It really is. The minute you get out there, you remember that. You've never been here before, yeah. And I don't care how fast you've gone in your uh, your 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 Subaru or your uh, your SHO. uh, A straight line on a highway is very different than a straight line with a quick right hand turn. Yeah, uh, and a more turn after that.
1: So you guys do the experiences all across the country, correct? We do. We've gone as far
3: south as uh, Central America. We've driven in oh, Guatemala really? um, and all the way north as, as Canada and everything in between.
1: Crazy. I didn't know you guys actually went that far south with the cars.
3: It's uh, sporadic, okay. generally more project-based. If we go Central America, we have partners, marketing and advertising partners that might hire us to go there to promote a product or something like that. Um, it's not part of the normal tour stop. That's an aggressive move to put cars in crates on ships. But we have done it and we can do it again. Canada is part of our normal tour operation.
1: Okay. Do you travel to all those spots yourself too?
3: I did. Yeah. But just like Nicole mentioned, 300 days a year on the road was going to take a toll on my life. So uh, I did it for a few years as we were getting the program up and running and I've got a fantastic team that now does all that traveling for me. And you're Chicago based then? Chicago based office is right up in Bucktown.
1: Oh, very cool. Um, And what kind of cars can people drive? So if somebody wants to come and do the experience, what are they getting themselves into car-wise?
3: I always put my foot in my mouth a little bit when I answer this question because to me, I always say the mid-level exotics, you know? And they say, what does that mean? And I say, you know, 488s, 458s, Ferraris, uh, GT3s, Lamborghini Huracans. And they're like, if that's a mid-level supercar, what am I missing? And I'm like, timeout. That's the best. Yes. This is what you can drive. (laughs) Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Porsches, Audi R8s, Acura NSX, Nissan GTR, all those things. Um, I just mean, I don't have a Bugatti yet, and I may not have one soon. But if it costs under a half of a million, we'll have it. That's
1: awesome. And what I love about what you guys do is the rates are so affordable. And, And coming from a background of doing this stuff, and we were talking off air for a second, the cost of set aside having to buy one of these things. Like, Very few people have a quarter million or 300,000 bucks to go buy a 488, but when they get out there and they're able to drive the car fast on a racetrack, I feel like by the time you factor in tires, the brakes that you guys go through, fuel for those cars, because you go through fuel pretty fast, and just maintenance and engines and rebuilds and stuff, it costs you guys a lot of money and you guys are still able to give that sort of experience to somebody at a few hundred dollars as the starting point, correct?
3: It is. We made a commitment back six years ago that we would make this uh, convenient by bringing it to you. Uh, and we would make it affordable by keeping it within what we thought was a fair range to have the opportunity to do this type of thing. Actually, in the beginning, we only charged $150. Um, we were upside down, That's but crazy. I wasn't going to not deliver those experiences. So we, right. we we said, hey, we will continue to do this because uh, I, what I forgot to factor in and you didn't mention was the price of the racetrack.
1: Yeah, renting a racetrack is not cheap.
3: I mean, a racetrack might be $15,000 a day plus you know, uh, an EMT that we're not ever going to use but has to be there is 1000 right. bucks a day. So you start to add up all these expenses and we said, okay, this thing needs to kind of float back to... About $300. And $300 gives you the experience on the racetrack, which is three laps, four laps in some locations. We try to keep the mileage equivalent, uh, plus a classroom session, a right-hand seat instructor, all the safety equipment. And we think that's fair. And as long as uh, we keep the price of the car under a million bucks,
1: then we're in good shape. I, I, you're, you mentioned it. The racetrack, too. I, I didn't mention it. It's crazy how many costs go into you guys being able to give this experience to somebody. And, and I, I reiterate it to all my friends who, uh, I get a lot of friends who reach out to me, Mo, I want to drive a car on a racetrack. And what do I have to do to get my, ra- my street car to a racetrack? I tell them, well, you got to upgrade your brakes and you got to get different tires and you might want to get you know safety stuff. For you guys to be able to just have somebody show up, let's say to the Audubon this weekend, and we'll talk about that. And they show up, you guys give them a helmet, I'm guessing, Mm -hmm. some instruction and an instructor that's a very high level instructor because I know some of the guys that have instructed with you guys and say, hey, here you go. That's such a better use of your money than trying to take your street car that shouldn't be on a racetrack and spending thousands of dollars to figure out if this is something you like
3: there's a 99.9% chance that if you were to try that, you'd still fall short somewhere. You would cut a corner you wouldn't know about, or you'd say, I have to give up something to invest in something else. We're just kind of buying in bulk for you. We can buy the Ferrari and we can say, you get to drive it and you get to drive it and you get to drive it. We have the full-time tech there, the racetrack rented, the the supplies ready to go. um, And that because of that are able to offer it at a price that's reasonable for everybody. And that's our competitive advantage, is that we do it that way and allow so many folks to come drive with us.
1: Which is great. I mean, again, I'm reiterating, and I'm beating a dead horse almost. It's it's impossible for somebody, and I mean this because I've spent a small fortune on racing, it's impossible for somebody to get that experience on their own without spending tens of thousands of dollars just to be able to get their car ready to go on the racetrack. So like you said, you guys do it on a bulk basis, and you've figured out where you have to go, when you have to rent tracks, and are able to give that experience. And not to diminish, the level of instruction you guys have is above and beyond what most people can get at a club. And I've instructed at clubs before, and no, no knock to the club people who are probably like, hey, you've instructed at our clubs. But right. average Joe Schmo who does 10 or 15 or 20 track days that's like, well, I feel like I'm an instructor now and they just don't have enough instructors for the novices. They put them right seat with a guy and then he teaches them shit ways to drive a car on racetrack. You guys like Josh Malicki, who's a Facebook friend and he might be watching, he's a guy who I know has done some stuff with you guys and you guys have had IMSA guys, Pearly World Challenge guys, NASCAR guys. Um, There is a huge difference in what they can effectively teach somebody than just the guy who has done more track days than you.
3: There is, and to give them some some major props, we don't just take the talent, but we take the talent and then we mentor the talent and we assimilate the talent into our program. So even if you are Josh or Cam or anybody who might be watching who does NASCAR, that's a great resume. Um, But we still bring you into our program, and you sit right seat with one of our lead instructors. We have tiers of instructors because our lead instructors fly around the country with us because they know the tracks, they know the programs, they know the communication, they know the customer, and they will teach someone with a resume how to also know that same thing before they're even allowed to go instruct in our program. So wherever you come from and however qualified you are, we still put you through our program. We work very closely with uh, Ross Bentley um, in – trying to to accredit and qualify our safety initiatives, because not only do we want uh, to be able to deliver a safe experience, but we want the industry to follow our lead. We have a responsibility, quite honestly, to keep our customers safe, but to help keep other customers of other programs safe as well. It's good for the industry, and it's good for the perpetuity of of what we're trying to do, which is let people try cool new things uh, in ways they never have before.
1: That's amazing. And you touched on something. There is really good drivers that also cannot effectively communicate the way that I'm sure you guys are holding your instructors to a certain communication standard and be able to get across like, hey, this is what you should do. So I didn't even know you guys did that. And for those of you listening, there, there is a big, big difference between somebody who's going to sit on the right seat and be able to communicate to you. And then somebody who's just a really good race car driver who can just go there and
3: just yeah. drive the car We fast. know that good race car drivers don't immediately translate into good Instructors, and so our mission is to make sure that they can do both, which is show you a good time and also keep you safe.
1: And yeah, the safety part's huge too. I mean, I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, when they jump in from a, let's say, a Subaru, like even even a fast one, a WRX. Somebody grabs a WRX STI, and you know, they just drive that thing around the streets fast. When you jump into a, I don't know, six hundred and ten horsepower Huracan, or you know, a four eight eight, or even a GT three. There is a gigantic difference in how fast things occur. Um, and to be able to do that effectively on a racetrack and keep people safe is, is awesome.
3: It is the, uh, if anything keeps me up at night, it's trying to figure out better ways uh, to, to do that and better yeah. ways to keep people safe. We have an amazing track record, and I'll continue to knock on wood, but uh, as the cars get faster, you know, just like you mentioned, Things happen quicker, or, or the power is uh, it requires more to manage. So we want to. Get, we're not going to stop delivering the newest, hottest supercars, and Ferrari's not going to stop giving it more horsepower. So we right. got to figure out how to do it safely.
1: I'm more afraid to instruct now than I ever have been because the speeds of cars are getting faster. I was it's unbelievable. In with a guy who had a 911 Turbo S, and at the end of the straight, it's 170 miles an hour almost, and I'm like, well, th- and I got a lap belt, and I'm like ah right it's freaking me half to death right and yeah you guys have to stay on top of that because like you said ferrari's next car is going to be faster porsche's next gt3 is faster you know lamborghini's next car is going to be a whole heck of a lot faster
3: i mean we're adding the hellcat to our program well, that's, that's 707 funny. horsepower so that's more powerful than that Huracan. yeah how do i manage that because well, i know you want to drive breaks. it
1: right? yeah well that's that's frightening Poor guy, poor guys. that got to sit, sit right seat. I always
3: say I, I spend a lot of time talking to our our guests prior to their driving experience or after their driving experience, and they always say, you know, am I going to see you in the car? And I said, no, that's that's for the crazy <laughs> ones. Yep, I'm here because I'm good with people. They're there because they're good at driving. So. Yeah. And have have a
1: good stomach and don't get motion sickness. (laughs) Above all, above all, all. that's the big thing. Um, Do you have a favorite car? I got to ask because you're a car. I know I get asked every time,
3: and I try to change my answer every time. Yeah. Um, So I have my answer ready. My favorite all-time supercar, if I had it in my garage forever would be the Mercedes-Benz SLS AMG Black Series. Okay. It's a beautiful car. Yeah. It's a powerful car. Fast. Um, it's fast. It's, it's got all the things I like in a car. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite cars I've driven on the racetrack is the new Acura NSX. Really? I like the balance. Uh, not being and not having invested a small fortune or a regular-sized fortune in racing, um, other than extreme experience. I was going to say you, I, I I, say sorry, say you I have invested, invested a big in it, fortune. But not personally, um, not for personal gain. Uh, I like that car because it's reasonably priced. It's, it's a well-balanced car. You can give it a lot of power and enjoy it without it being too much power like that Turbo S you mentioned. Um, and if I had to take them off the track, which you're not allowed to do in our program, but I could uh, choose one to drive off the track every day it would just be a Lamborghini because they're cool because <laughs> they're cool. They're awesome. Why not they park sound, a Lamborghini in your garage? Awesome. There's, you know, it's our most popular car for a reason
1: because it's got that mysterious, yeah, allure. Yeah, everybody wants. That's it's the I forget the old Frank Sinatra quote about like making it and you eventually buy a Lamborghini or something. That's
3: I don't know either. I, yeah, yeah I it's, a, it's a
1: Lamborghini. It, it, Lamborghinis are, you know, I've driven some of those cars, and Lamborghinis, even to a Ferrari, they just get more attention. They're just a cool car.
3: And and, and if you do your research on Lamborghini versus Ferrari, clearly the brand pales in comparison. Sure, There's yeah. no racing legacy. They make a fraction of the amount of cars every year. They've since sold themselves, um, but it doesn't matter. Right. Everyone had. What did you have hanging on your wall as a kid? A poster of a what? It was definitely a, a Lamborghini, a, a, Lamborghini Countach. a Countach, a Diablo b- yeah. before it was a Ferrari yeah. for most of us. I know there's Ferrari people out there, so not to downplay I, so that.
1: So I'm a Porsche guy through and through. That's my car brand. That's what I'm loyal to. But if I could have one supercar, it'd be a Ferrari F40, just because I think it's the the mo- it was the first modern supercar sure. that just was fast and it still was analog, so that's a car. But it, it keep getting more and more expensive, so it's going to get so far out of reach by the time I can afford one that it's going to be silly. It's going to be like a McLaren enough. They already are out of reach. Yeah, now, now
3: your your entry level Ferrari is a 488 that MSRP is for through a high 300s i it's mean it's crazy it's crazy which it's means exactly. that our program at 0.01 percent of that price is how you're going to drive these cars
1: yeah it's an, i i still can't believe when i look at prices of what you guys are offering to drive the cars that you drive because again just fuel at a racetrack i mean or, or fuel that you guys are going to go through even if you bought the fuel at you know uh the bp that's down the street and you brought it over you go through so much fuel when you're on a racetrack and fuel is expensive and you know, people don't realize you could go to a racetrack in your car for a day and spend a couple hundred bucks in fuel.
3: At and, least. Yeah, at, at least. least. We were at Road America last weekend and I went up for the day to support the team. Uh, and they said, Adam, are you free today? And I said, sure, whatever you need guys. And they said, today I need you to be on fuel. We have 110 gallon drop tanks. So we keep them in the pit lane. You just need to keep it full by running back to the big tank and filling that tank up. I bet we filled the 110 drop tank five times in a day. It costs 400 bucks to fill 110 gallons at 93 octane prices. So do quick math. Right. And
1: there's your point. Very expensive. So it's it's insane that you're able to still keep those price points and get the cars that you guys have out there. Um, How many cities are you guys in now?
3: 2019, we'll wrap up about 30 different events in about 22 cities. We go back to some of our major markets twice. Okay. In 2019, we'll hit about 50 uh, 50 events in about 36 cities.
1: And how did you – were you always a car guy? How did you get into this? Because I always, as a kid – I've been a car guy since I was a little kid and always into racing, did go-karts and a ton of other stuff. And I was always fascinated about how – this sort of business gets started because I'm a business guy and we'll talk, touch on the business side of things but how did you get into it a car guy to an, to the extent that every little boy is a car
3: guy yeah. well, I went to the car show with my dad and I had the poster mine was a Corvette c4 hanging up on okay. the wall um that was my dream car until I realized there were dream cars out there yeah. not to downplay the Corvette but yeah different you levels ZR1's of dream cars. cool have you driven that I haven't driven that. I'd love to drive that. I
1: haven't that. driven that. I've driven the new Z06. It's fast.
3: We've owned all the all the C7s and everybody keeps saying, so what about the mid-engine car? Are we in line? I'm like, well, let's talk about yeah. it when it gets out. Um, but I was uh, I was not in the car business originally. I was in sales. Uh, we can talk more about that if necessary. But I ended up meeting someone in the luxury car rental business. And they kind of said, hey, you know, we want to do luxury car rentals. It's a newer concept, popular in the major cities. Chicago should be one of them. And I said, you know what? As a sales guy, who's not not into cars, uh, would love to get into something a little bit more passionate, and let's see if we can spread the news. And it just so turned out that in Chicago specifically, while you and I may have interest in renting a Lamborghini for a weekend or a Rolls Royce for a day, um, it wasn't as practical with the seasons. That's not Chicago. We're not, that's not who we are here. Right. But everyone to test drive it for a birthday, for a present, for a special occasion. And so we said, let's figure out a way to do that. Um, and we did. We found at first that we could try to do minimal test drives on the street. Uh, Chicago traffic and, and weather, previously alluded to, uh, made that not the perfect solution. We finally found the Autobahn Country Club in Juliet, rented it out, and said, for 150 bucks, do you want to test drive these cars? And everybody said, heck yeah. yeah. So. We've evolved the program since then, but uh, we, we left the rental business behind and said, let's take this experience everywhere. And that's what we're in the process of doing.
1: Very cool. So it started at the Autobahn, started here in Chicago?
3: The Autobahn was the first, uh, the first event we ever hosted. It was under the luxury rental company brand because we were still operating under that umbrella while we started this whole thing. Um, and I didn't even know the Autobahn existed, but I had friends who were members kind of like, you know, you had driven there and said, Hey, I've been this place one time. You should go check it out. So we went down there with our Corvette. It was not a C4. It might've been a six, I think at the time. But the point is we took down the flashiest car I could get my hands on at the time and showed up like I knew what I was talking about pull through the gates and of course everyone's got race cars and so my c6 didn't mean anything anymore yeah. but i was there and i said okay can we rent this thing and they they put the price on the table and i said okay <laughs> yeah that's a big how we i know how, how are we gonna it's do this and uh, the way to do it was to pick a date far enough out where i could sell tickets between now and then come up with the cash pay for the racetrack and uh that's what we did and wow. i just kind of backed myself into a corner where i said i signed the contract so I better sell enough tickets and I got to work and oh, that's crazy grassroots
1: too that's, that's how we do that's it. insane we
3: don't uh, yeah we don't owe people money we did this thing from the ground up
1: good for you guys and for those of you listening a lot of my friends I can see them watching our, our track guys they've been to the Audubon but for those of you that haven't been to the Audubon it's a country club in Joliet that's for race car driving so it's for people who like driving fast they have um, three track variations go-kart tracks they have a north track south track full track and then you can do autocross stuff in the paddock yeah, now and yeah. they're, they're constantly expanding they got garages they have they're selling real estate there now the condos it's, there are condos. more expensive than half the homes on the block here. yeah it's i, I get the uh, newsletter all the time about buy a condo and yeah. buy a condo there and i don't have a membership it's something i want to do at some point but like you i had friends sean young who runs uh laps inc which is a racing school and before that we were doing this pdi where we'd show up and just instruct there. So I had gone there and I'm like, "What a fascinating idea to have a country club where people can take their cars and go race." Now, you can't just get into the Autobahn Country Club for 350 bucks if you're just the average person. The memberships there are tens of thousands of dollars depending on the level and then several thousand dollars a year. So to have the benefit of going there and spending even a day there. I mean, the cool part is, I didn't even think about that. You know, for 350 bucks not only do you get to go drive that cool car on a very nice racetrack in, in uh, Joliet. Um, it, it's, you know, I've been to a lot of racetracks, and Audubon's, um, gr- it's a great track. It's a fun track to drive, but the um, facilities are amazing, too. Yeah. You get to go spend some time at that facility. Um, it's amazing.
3: Yeah, I, mean, it's a, I mean, it's a members-only it's country, country club. club, so included in your price is uh, to get to hang out at a really cool Country Club for the day.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's not far from here. It's uh, 50 minutes from the city. Uh, it depends on the time
3: you leave, but yeah. yeah, it's about 50 minutes from the city. Um, just shoot down straight 57 to 80.
1: And you guys have something going on there this weekend? We
3: do. We are, we are attempting to set up right now. A little bit rainy, but uh, that's okay. We're not on track. So we'll be there uh, setting up today. We'll be running all day tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, uh, and Sunday.
1: And people can get tickets for any one of those days still?
3: Yeah, I recommend going to the website www.xxspeed.com to check out what our availability is. Don't make the drive in case your car isn't available. Part of the program that makes it fun for you and fun for us is that we let you select the reservation. Choose your, cho- choose your time, your car, the day you wanna drive, so that when you get there, your car's ready for you. Uh, but on our website, you can see all that. You can always show up and just see what's available if you're in the neighborhood, but check out the website first.
1: What, um, what's the most popular car that people choose? Is it the Lambo? It's the Lamborghini, it's a Lamborghini. Yeah. What about after that Ferrari? Uh,
3: 458, which may or may not be a product of the fact that I have more 458s and 488s. Next year we'll have more 488s and we'll see. Um, Such a significant portion of our tickets are purchased as gifts. And so uh, they're purchased for someone who they know loves cars. And it's which which Ferrari does he love? Uh, I don't remember. We'll we'll pick one, the newer one or the yeah. bl- the more red one. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, the the exotic looking one. So with Lamborghini for sure. Then it's the Ferrari, and then it's the Porsche GT three.
1: Okay, um, I'm a I'm a Porsche guy. So I if I was out there, I'd probably pick the GT three. But I again, like you said, it's a um, it's a gift for a lot of people. It is. And It makes a great gift. So for uh, wives, girlfriends, or husbands whose girlfriend or wife likes cars, yeah, um, yeah, go on their website. Uh, You guys have a cool promo that you guys are letting us share. It's Save 50 now. You'll save 50 more dollars uh, for this weekend's. Uh, John, are you sharing that? Uh, I'm going to. He's going to share it. And if not, we'll put the actual promo in the comment section. So um, go and enjoy the insane deal that these guys put on for you guys at uh, at the Autobahn. Um, and you have all three of those guys, those cars—the GT3 Huracan and one of those this weekend.
3: Everybody's there this weekend. Two models of Ferrari, Lamborghini, the R8, the GTR. Yeah, I'm forgetting the about
1: those other cool cars. Yeah, too, no, we got, got a, GTR, a lot of other really and cool cars. R8.
3: Um, one of the things I want to mention is that bring people because we know that this is a gift or this is for someone else but you made the journey and you might just want to ta- try your first racetrack. so if you don't feel like driving we'll happily give you a ride in fact all those instructors love when they get the call on the radio and we have a ride along because now they get to show you how, they get how cool the they are yeah um but we also have track prep chevy ss's that we put out there on the racetrack, so you can go ride along with somebody and we will just whip you around hot lap you and show you what a racetrack track is really like when driven by a pro and we take these you know, Corvette engine Chevys, tune them up, camber them out, and send them out on the track with our best drivers. So anybody oh, can get really out there. That's really cool it's
1: too. Cool. That's fun. I mean, again, yeah, if you have like a friend or somebody else that just wants to go there, hang out, and just get on the racetrack, that's yeah. a great way just to, I mean, Listen, my opinion is if you're going to go do this, it, do both. Do a couple laps with a pro. Because do that one first. Do that the first. Track. Yes, 100%. Yeah. And then jump in the car. Yeah. Do you guys do kind of like a lead follow too?
3: We do a lead follow. So that car always goes first. Okay. And everyone's like, well, <laughs> I'm going to catch him. We'll see what the comments yeah. say. Yeah. yeah. If you're the first guy to catch that lead car, I'll give you your supercar for free. Um, But uh, we allow uh, passing within the field. Our instructors coordinate all that. So it's safe. But, uh, yeah, we take care of all that and we go out in different groups. So the tracks never super crowded. That car is always, well, there's one in front and one in back. Call them the,
2: the track, you
3: know, safety marshals or whatever, but they're just there to make sure everything goes cool. And to provide awesome ride along. So you could chase your, your dad, your brother, your mom, whatever in the supercar.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, (laughs) yeah, I I bet you get a lot of people say, I'm going to Lamborghini. I'm going to catch that thing. We had a, uh, a bachelor party years ago. And we did it at the Autobahn years and years ago um, where we did a bunch of our friends went out and they didn't race cars. So they we had an autocross and then kind of a lead follow session. And the joke was that if any of them could catch me in any of the stuff or could beat me in the auto... And I had an autocross in ages. Yeah. So when you do autocross in ages, you kind of get... That's a totally different thing that I had to pay for all dinner, all drinks for the rest of the bachelor party. And thankfully... I squeaked out a win on the auto. Yeah, yeah. But otherwise, it's I was going to pay. But move. I think people get there, and like we said at the beginning, everybody thinks they're a little bit faster than yeah. they are. So I recommend ride with the instructors, get a feel for where the track goes, and then jump in the car. Because yeah. I feel like it'll be a lot more. Um, well, you, put you know what to do. Better. You
3: know where to brake. You know where to turn. You know what to look for. You've seen right. it before. And you know what? Take your 610 horsepower because a fast car does not make you fast. You make a car fast.
1: Exactly, and you guys have classroom instruction too at the beginning. Yeah, right? you, that kind of gives you an idea. Nobody of what gets you a free do.
3: pass to jump in a car, and we always say, "Look, if you've got a ton of track experience, that's great. Get to know Hang our program, out. so you good. know what to expect when you're out there driving. We want to make you better too. You know, it's all about education. Um, and if you've never been on track, then sit through class so that you're not scared. You're going to have a good time. You're going to be safe, but." We all got to be on the same page.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's safety. And I've, I've sat through stuff where I'd been racing for you know almost two decades, and I sat through the classroom portion because uh, that's the rule of that. So if you've raced before, then sit there and listen to as much of it as yeah. you want, and then eventually you'll be in a race car.
3: We use our own hand signals. We have our own right. camera systems. There's things you need to know. Keeping so. things safe. Just uh, don't think you're too good for something because that's when you get in trouble.
1: What do you guys do on the uh, West Coast, like uh, different spots in the West Coast? We. uh, Popular out there, I'm
3: guessing. Yeah, I just saw a call from uh, Sonoma come in, so uh, I've got to call them back. But we do uh, uh, the Pacific Northeast. I'm sorry, Northwest. Pacific Northeast would be a unique location. Yeah. Uh, The Northwest, uh, Vancouver, Portland, Seattle, um, working on Sonoma, Los Angeles. Uh, as we make our way down, you got to come in uh, east a little bit, Scottsdale, Colorado, uh, Colorado Springs. Um, there's, tracks get a little bit scarce over there, but that's plenty of activity on the west coast yeah. uh, before you make your way to the midwest and the south are pretty heavy on the south and then, of course, the east coast.
1: And then in the south, you guys have probably all the Florida, Atlanta.
3: We have a full-time office in New Orleans. You can okay. show up and drive there five days a week. Anytime you want, because we wanted to, in addition to our touring stops, have somewhere that the that the tourists could go visit uh, when they were in town visiting the Big Easy. Just go race a car before Bourbon Street and then uh, visit us in Texas, Florida, Georgia, the Carolinas, uh, Nashville. We're all over.
1: You guys are so busy. I mean, it's uh, just knowing the amount of setup and transport and, and how much it takes to organize all of that, even on a little level when I'm just doing it for me. Um, it's so much dotting your I's and crossing your T's that I hang my hat to you guys. I mean, it's, and we'll touch on in a second on kind of uh, your background when you started in sales and stuff and how it got you to the organizational um I want to almost call it a cluster F, and I'm sure at times you think it's an <laughs> organizational cluster F, at least when you started, and it's probably become much, much easier now because you guys have worked really hard at it to actually be able to put this stuff on in so many different locations. You know, it's
3: uh, sometimes I forget because, right, when we first began, it was our, my buddy and his F-150, and we just grabbed whatever tools I had in my, <laughs> in my garage yeah. and said, all right, we're going to go do this. We should be fine, right? And then we got to the track and realized, we hadn't even scraped the surface of what's necessary to do this type of thing. Um, and then we went to our first you know, trailer, which was probably this uh, go-kart trailer. Yeah. You, know, you pull it behind the truck, and it could fit a few lawnmowers. Uh, and we put some wheels in there, and then we got a bigger trailer. And now we've got four Kentucky enclosed trailers. And uh, I came out of a meeting this morning where we're buying four more because next year we're going to need eight or more uh, 53-foot haulers to carry this stuff around the country. So I forget how... Much logistics goes into it sometimes because I'm like, sure, let's just do 20 new markets. And everyone behind me is like, Adam, yeah. <laughs> are you thinking about? But uh, we, you know, the good part is that uh, over the years, we've figured out how to do it. Maybe it was our challenge in the beginning to say we can't drive in Chicago year round, so we're going to have to take this program on the road that, you know what, we just figured it out. And here we are. When did you guys start? It. We started our first event was in August of 2012.
1: Wow, you guys have come a long way in six years because six years is a long time, and I feel like you're probably like so much has happened in six years. But for a business to go from you literally putting everything in an F150 to what you guys have now, it's exponential, crazy growth, which is which is awesome. Hats off yeah. to you guys. Uh, most racing schools have one location and they stay put, um, you know, and that makes logistics really easy when you're just at the same racetrack all the time. But uh, for anybody listening, I mean, the, the average person probably can't appreciate what you guys have gone through to go from what you guys were six years ago to today. So congrats on that.
3: That's the fun part about this journey. You know, we're, it's a whole company full of entrepreneurs because when I go to the team and say, hey, you know, you've been really fantastic at scaling us to 25 locations. Next year we're going to 50. They're like, okay, well, we have to own our world. Yeah. And our world might be trucking. Our world might be instructors. Our pool of instructors is international at this point because right. we have to have those guys and girls everywhere trained and ready to go. So there are a lot of different ecosystems at play here, but uh, when they come together at Extreme Experience, we can deliver.
1: That's great. Well, we got one our one sponsor. We have like a little mortgage minute for him, so we're going to do that and come back to you because we have to start paying some bills in this place too. Um, so, John, since I'm still kind of an amateur at um, when this is going to start, Just give me the uh, signal that it's on. But before we do that, um, shout out again to Matt Rosen of Neighborhood Loans. He is a close friend of mine and like I've mentioned the last few weeks, he is a rockstar mortgage guy and I don't say this just to say it. Um, Dude's never failed to close a loan. You call him any time of the day he picks up. He's just an amazing guy. So if you guys have any mortgage needs, give Matt a call. Um, I trust him with my business. Our agents trust him with their client's business, and uh, he's just a rock star dude. So take it away, John.
2: Hi, I'm Matt Rosen of Neighborhood Loans, here to share with you today's Mortgage Minute. Know the difference between a simple pre-qualification and a real pre-approval. The initial pre-qualification usually consists of a short conversation where the lender gets basic information and then may or may not even run your credit. A full pre-approval always consists of running your credit and then verifying your information by collecting the income and asset documentation up front. When speaking to a mortgage professional, always make sure that these steps have been taken in order to guarantee a full pre-approval. For more information or to get the process started, please feel free to contact me using the information on the screen. I'm Matt Rosen and that's today's Mortgage Minute.
1: And I'm back, John. Thanks again, Matt. I think Matt really likes seeing himself on these things because Matt Matt's one of our biggest fans, so he watches yes. it. So I think Matt's really happy now that he gets to see a little one minute clip of himself every
3: time we do one. He of these He did great. He that's, was a little leery, but he that. does Yeah. What's how much are we talking?
1: Yeah, it's actually very <laughs> affordable. We could do one with you on a in a race car. Do you doing donuts and a Hellcat? Yeah, it'd be it'd be kind of cool.
0: I do all the production, so he's like, oh, you can do this. We can do that. John, we're going to go out to the Autobahn that's and we'll just do sales, burnouts. That's how sales work, yeah. right? Yeah, yes, We've got to sell them
1: on it. We're going to do huge Where do you think burnouts? this came
3: from? I told 1,000 people they could test drive supercars, and then I went to back to the team, and they said, you have no supercars. And I yeah. Said, yeah.
1: How, how did <laughs> – uh, were you always the type of guy who wanted to be a business owner? Because this is – I mean, this was, a, like I mentioned, a big undertaking.
3: I don't know that – well, I'm sure now as we dive really hard into the millennials coming into the business world that sure that's like a major but that wasn't an idea when we were growing up was to be an entrepreneur i don't Mm -hmm. think um you know my dad was a nine to five guy and uh, that's how i was trained and went to college for Uh, but i got into sales because i didn't know what i was good at other than talking to people and just getting along with folks uh, which was great (laughs) in in college but in the real world i wasn't sure where that was applicable so i got into sales and became successful in sales um and what that taught me was that essentially in sales you're your own boss anyway you you eat what you kill and right you, you can cash the check that you earn so well, if that's the case why not try my hand at entrepreneurship so when i went into the the rental car business i didn't own the business but i knew that make or break was kind of up to me and so that was kind of like the last straw on the camel's back that got me to entrepreneurship and that was when i really decided that hey and i was still young i was 25 years old but I said, hey, I've, I've understood sales, so what's worst case scenario? I go back out there and I push product and okay, fine. Sure. But if this works out really well, I actually like people. I like management and leadership. If I can tie that into sales, that sure sounds like entrepreneurship to me.
1: Well, and you definitely have the stomach for risk. I mean, signing that contract, you know, your first contract at the Audubon and then having to fill almost that uh, that order um, and and having the stomach for risk to take on such a – I wanna say a uh an overhead heavy business. I mean it's you know, I feel like a lot of people don't become entrepreneurs or business owners because they can't stomach the risk or they're too fearful to do what you did. I mean, I know how expensive the Autobahn is. Back then it was probably a little bit less than now, but it wasn't inexpensive. Yeah. But to be able to see that and say, Well, now I got you know, several months to fill this and you were charging 150 bucks, uh, you know, a session. I made, I made it twice as
3: hard as on myself then as it is now. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always been a type of guy who just said, I, you know, failure's not an option. It may not be the result at the end of the day that I like had initially had envisioned, but that doesn't mean I can't figure out my way to get there. And, you know, quite honestly, uh, that's what this has been six years of us saying, we know we want to deliver and we know we can deliver, but we're going to have to get used to, Making a, an adaptation along the way. And because we do that, we stay nimble and we, we keep moving.
1: Well, I can't wait to watch what happens in the next five, six, seven years with you guys. Because to go from that, you know, having a C6 and an F 150 to having the fleet you guys have now in 29 different markets, that's crazy. Um, and I imagine the Bugatti's and all the rest of the crazy stuff's going to come soon. Probably but not so Bugatti too far. Is, Bugatti's a kind of crazy thing because the maintenance on thing. them is. So much out of like line with like a a Ferrari or a Lamborghini that it's it's crazy. It's like the tires cost what thirty thousand bucks? Or something crazy something like, like that. Stupid like that. Um, and I don't know if it's we'll we'll
3: see we'll yeah. see because it's going to be interesting to figure out where the future of this is. Is the future of this manufacturer saying we want all those enthusiasts to test our product? So sure. here, put it in their hands. Is the future going to be? our drivers coming back and saying, I've checked off everything you got. What else do you got? I'm yeah. willing to pay for it. So those $30,000 tires amortized over <laughs> a day and a half. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Here's the ticket price of that Bugatti. Um, Keep the crazy
1: key out of that car,
3: by the believe way. Believe me. Yeah, there's a couple different keys. Uh, believe me, I would love to, to get that car or any of those cars. Um, but the point is that our program is highly developed by the feedback we get from our from our customers from our drivers because that's why this was created in the first place yeah so we're excited to see and we have the full capability with 50 distribution 50 plus distribution channels now to say hey and the feedback i'm getting is you want to try atvs or you want to try helicopters or you want to drive a tank or dig a big hole in the ground with a backhoe. you know what just it's leg just leg as leg. crazy as, as getting a ferrari doing? at 26 and so we put i'll put my money behind it and uh uh, now that we can deliver it, I'll figure out a way.
1: Have you seen that? And, and I don't recommend this to people just off of you know their couches to go do this. Have you seen there's a, um, a school that's trying to come to Sebring maybe that's doing a, formula, a backdated Formula One car? I have. That to me is like... Uh, that is... They actually reached out to us. Okay. Uh,
3: they're from Spain?
1: Yeah, they do it in Europe. Yeah, I've seen Spain it in Italy. Italy. I was in Italy this year and I actually... You're right. It is. Yeah, my upgrade. time was just a bit off because I was like, I, I'm going to go do it. And the price points uh, way, way, way higher. I mean, it's several thousand right. dollars.
3: They, um, they, yeah, they reached out. I'm familiar with them. A good group of guys. Uh, they essentially, like Skip Barber or even Bondurant, wanted to teach you how to be a race car driver. Um, and that's where they got these formula cars. And the formula cars kind of turned into a well. More of our customers are still asking to test drive these GT cars. So could we put a couple of GT cars in our program? Then they looked at America and said maybe America needs a formula program, Saw our GT program, and said maybe these guys should run it for us. And I said, well, if you're going to come onto, you're going to come onto my soil, you know, I'll just get the formula cars and yeah. do this. But no, I, you know, we'll see if they're successful. They're they're going to try the Florida market, which is great. Um, And uh, we'll link up with them somewhere along the way and see if we can't, uh, if you want to, look, if you want to drive one of our cars and then go learn how to race one of those cars,
1: we'll happily hand you off. Yeah. I mean, it's a totally, in my opinion, it's got to be a totally different market of person. And I don't recommend, it would be very, and and this is my just driving experience. I've driven an open wheel car before. Very unenjoyable for the person who wants to go drive a Ferrari or a Lamborghini and enjoy themselves in a day and be relaxed to jump into something like a formula car. It, it, they won't have fun. I don't think they'll have that much no, fun. It'll be will. a very frightening and frust- almost frustrating thing. Because people don't realize like those cars are very aero heavy. So the way you're driving through a corner, you're going to be like, oh, this, this thing sucks. But you're just not going fast enough. And you don't have the experience to just jump in that car and go really fast. Mm. It, do- no. it doesn't translate well to
3: and you you don't gift. have the equipment you don't have the, right. I mean you you might be in pain you might be the wrong size yeah yeah those are all I'm almost mm-hmm. too fat <laughs> to say I want to <laughs> get a
1: formula mazda because uh, they're becoming relatively inexpensive, and the Audubon has a couple. Well, for It's sale. a little motivation now. Yeah, gotta, I kind of lose some. Are you of this getting in
3: wedding? No, I'm getting in. I'm getting in race car shape. Yeah. Um, but that's true. And you know, we've been the type of guys all along who have wanted to cater to the bucket listers, the enthusiasts, the wow, that looks cool, the gift givers. Um, and I would like to grow our program and develop our program to cater to more of those people because yeah. I think that everyone deserves the chance to do something really cool. Nobody owns these things you know, in the grand scheme of things. So if we could be your portal to get these things, think great. If you want to go race a car, you're in a different ballgame anyway. So I can introduce you to the right people, but I pose no threat to the Bonder or Skip Barber. In yeah. fact, I'm opening the door to thousands of people every year who might be interested.
1: There is not a cooler experience for somebody who has never done it to get on a racetrack and drive a car. And you guys are giving them that experience. But in a car that... Like we said, for the most part, almost nobody's going to get in to drive. You can't just walk into like four sports cars and say, hey, I'd like to just test drive this 488. And they're just like, hey, here you go. Good luck. Take it out. Believe it or not,
3: I go buy a lot of these cars. And I walk in and they're like, no. You're a
1: young guy. Yeah.
3: Yeah. But they still tell me, no. Like, no, you can't drive this car. I'm like, hold on a second. I own like (laughs) nine Ferraris. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and that's, you know... And it's amazing because manufacturers will call us, Nissan, Acura, those types of manufacturers will call us and say, hey, we're not allowed to let our customers, anybody walk in and test drive a GTR. How am I going to sell a GTR? And I say, you send me the racetrack. I'll let them test drive my GTR. Oh, that's an idea, too. Um, But you're right. I mean, we want to make this our – the reason why we do this is because we want to – allow you the opportunity to, to change your life to do something cool you've never been able to do before
1: yeah i i mean gift giving season's coming up pretty soon here so if you know somebody who's a car fanatic who just has wanted to go on a race car you want to give them a cool gift like and i'll speak to the, the girls watching now get them a gift like this it's it's about as cool of a gift as you're going to be able to give them um, and they're not going to be able to experience anything like that ever again. Josh Balicki just commented. He said, great to see you both chatting. I work part-time for Extreme Experience, and it's such a great group of guys and gals. Josh, we love watching you drive. I am dying for Josh to be put into like the fastest car in the field because I know Josh would be a front-row driver the moment that he's in something. And He made a post the other day, and I know he's had some incredible opportunities, but... Poor guy's car's a little too heavy and he's on used equipment. So he does the best he can.
3: Josh, I'll give you a, my shout out from road America last year. When, when it comes to equipment, it started to rain and we didn't have rain tires. And so Josh's dad and we all kind of powwowed together and someone had to go run to the store and get rain tires. So, <laughs> Big, You got a lot of fans, man, and I know that you're going to keep doing great stuff. I'm glad you're part of the Extreme Experience family, and that's how racing works. People think on the surface it's all this glamorous stuff, but it's a lot of work that goes into the back end of it, whether you're on his level or you're on our level.
1: You know what I love about racing in general and just the whole atmosphere? Um, the camaraderie is high. Everybody's super cool, and it's it's a big industry but it's not that big it's, that it's big. pretty it's small family. yeah it's and everybody's really nice i've never i mean i've had one or two things i've seen at tracks that uh haven't been friendly but in 20 years of doing it um I, even this year i had brake problems at road america and rival teams were hey we have these parts we'll get you these parts to put me back on the track where i was going to be potentially beating one of their drivers, but they just didn't want to see me not have the equipment. Yeah. So, you know, that sort of camaraderie, you just, you just don't see that in a lot of different sports. No, Everybody...
3: it's really cool. I mean, back in the day when we started this thing, there would be a times when something would break on one of my cars, and I would have customers who would go to the store and get it for me because they so wanted cool. to, hey, I want to whip your GTR on the track. What do you need, a pad? I can run AutoZone. My buddy owns the shop. Or, you know, it was really yeah. cool to see – this is a community. This is a family. And it goes way deeper, and there are stories that could go on forever about the people that are involved, um, like our instructors, like Josh, and just the, the really cool things they do for each other out there.
1: Is Nissan coming out with a new GTR? Something crazy because it's kind of
3: – I heard – well, it's definitely getting a facelift, and it's definitely getting a little bit of a tune. I don't know – I don't have any insider information. Yeah. I
1: was going to say know. maybe you have it since you guys buy the cars. And, and I
3: don't have like... any insider information on what uh, what the, uh, the next refurb is going to be capable of or look like doing. Believe it or not, and, and maybe you'll believe it, but the support that I get from manufacturers, if you're listening, is minimal. Uh, it's taking a lot of especially the high-end manufacturers, Ferrari, Lamborghini, Porsche, to look at our organization and say, no, this is perfectly what I intended these cars to be used for. Let's support these guys. Yeah, they should. You know, but instead, obviously, the, the viewpoint is this is for the 1%, not for everybody, and I'm kind of going against the grain on that one. So it's taken a lot of convincing to kind of say, hey, cooperation is a good thing in this industry. Let's not be enemies. I
1: never thought of what you said about how if somebody's looking to buy these cars and you want to drive them to really see – how they perform, you can't do like let's say you want to buy one from Chicago go to McLaren in Chicago and you're like, hey, I want to test drive like a fast car or you go um even out to any of the dealerships. I mean the guy guys at Chicago motor cars, I I'm buddies with them, perrin and those guys, they're they're really close buddies. Is perrin People. listen? Yeah, Omar are listening? Be. oh me. yeah, Omar, yeah. Omar Gil's I call. need to talk to Omar's you. Omar's making a lot of uh Facebook live videos right now or uh, yeah. Tell Omar, Instagram you need, videos. You need to sell cars to support the URR, man. Um, yeah, those are great guys. And you know, I've I've bought a lot of cars from Prynne and from Omar and stuff, and uh, those guys are great about letting uh, I probably shouldn't say this. A bunch of people yeah, are like, gonna come, you come wanna, where do, where it, do it, you go not, to test drive your where cars? Where do you go to test drive cars? Chicago motor cars. Chicago motor cars now. But you know, for the most part, you can't but let's say you even go to Chicago motor cars and you wanna take, you know, a 488 out and driving, Perrin or Omar nice enough to let you do that. You're going to get pulled over like Omar does every other day. <laughs> like I've been pulled over twice yeah. next to Chicago Motorcars. They know every they asshole know. is about and to... we know. I mean, her I've her. said it
3: in so many promotional videos that we know why these cars were built and we know what you want to do with them. We just found the way to let you do that.
1: Yeah, and if so if you do want a 488, and even if you had a 488 and you're like, hey, I want to go see the true difference between... 458 and a or 488, and if it's worth me spending the hundred thousand dollars depreciation that just happened between those two cars, spend three hundred fifty bucks and come drive the car at your, at the Autobahn yeah. or wherever you guys are at at that point, and then you get to see if it's worth spending a hundred grand. I never thought about that. Manufacturers should really push that because. You don't get a real good feel driving, you know, and even a GT3. If I went to the Exchange and I'm buddies with those guys or if it, uh, the Ezring Housins, if I went down to Springfield and I wanted mm-hmm. to drive one of those cars, I, I won't really get a feel for how cool it is over a base 911. But if I got three laps in it at Audubon, I'm going to be like, okay, this is worth my extra spend.
3: Yeah, we, we do see that okay. um, because, yeah, I've seen all types of Ferraris roll into the parking lot. Even if they own the car, they're going to test drive because before they track theirs, real quick, come track mine. Yeah, see what it's see what it can do, what it feels like, and then you can decide. Make you pay for the ceramic brakes that are
1: stupid expensive on those cars. That's
3: on me. And you know what? I look at those guys. I'm like, yo, you are in the right place. I look those girls. You're in the right place. So come test drive mine and decide if you like yours, if you want to get a new one, or if you're happy with your M3 and you're just here for the day.
1: Yeah, Omar is probably getting pulled over right now because he's listening to this yeah he's, he's well no now his car drives he's got a tesla now it just drives itself he would has he did he get married yet or when's that no 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 he's That's why he's got a tesla he, he's got a tesla three i and think it, he's got to get married he soon. put a car seat in the back of that yeah um, <laughs> well, Omar's going to be commenting yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty <laughs> Good. soon I here hope he listens to that he's, he's got that goofy looking wing on his uh what that amg gts he put that yeah, he did. I'm sorry, it's yeah. a stupid looking wing. I'll he's go out and say it. he had the Viper and he had the crazy functional crazy wing, and now he's got this sweet looking AMG GTS that was Waylon's old car, and now he's got that's right. He's got that uh, crazy wing on it. But see, family, it's a family. yeah, it is family. <laughs> like we're met, making fun of him right now, and it's uh, it's a small family of people, and and that's another thing. If you want to get involved in the car culture, this is a great way to do it. Go out there, meet people who are car people, and they're going to know somebody else.
3: We always say that the, uh, the, <laughs> if you take away anything from our experience, let's take out the deep car culture that we just kind of started to dive into. But if on Friday you're sitting at your desk and on Monday you're back at your desk, but all of a sudden you know what an, a late apex is or understeer is, yeah. all of a sudden you're having a conversation with somebody you weren't having a conversation with on Friday. Right. And that's what's really cool about this yep. whole thing. I mean, it is you don't have to – uh, become the pro overnight. Uh, you don't have to even try, but all of a sudden, this new level of this new world that you didn't know existed—you suddenly became a
1: portional part of. I bet you, thirty minutes, you just even in your classroom, makes you so much more effective of a driver. Even like in Chicago when it snows, life, I used to, yeah. yeah, I used to take um, you know my sister, you know, uh, family members out when it used to snow, and I used to teach them just the basics of what happens when you're driving a car and you lose some traction. Just being able to spend that 350 bucks, set aside the amazing experience you get in a cool location, you will be a much more effective driver just spending yeah. that day with you guys. I mean. A safer driver.
3: Here's one, it's a free one. Where you look, the car will go. There you go.
1: Yep. Just practice. Yep. That's
3: it, well, we'll leave the rest for the next interview. Yeah. But it's so simple, and on the racetrack you have to use it all at one time because you're going real fast in a real expensive car, but uh, it's life too.
1: Any uh, favorite uh, track location? Uh, any locations you love vacationing at, or any favorite track locations? Well,
3: um, my do uh, Nicole was uh, on before I was uh, from Tahoe, which is uh, where my bachelor party was. Oh, So cool. we won't get I won't get into those stories. Yeah. No track yeah, that I'm okay. familiar. with. I was with in it, Vegas this in weekend. Tahoe. So, um, but on our honeymoon, we went to Dubai and then swung through Abu Dhabi. So if you're ever in that direction, now I'm talking the other side of the world and I'll come back to the United States in a second. Uh, Go to Ferrari World because it's called Ferrari World and it's right next to the Yas Marina. So of course, my wife looked at me and said, how much time do you need to test a Ferrari? And I said, it should only take a couple hours, right? But she knew I had to do it because I was there. Uh, So driving in Europe and the Middle East, that's crazy and awesome and exotic. So if you can do that and you're out there, don't pass up the opportunity to drive the Autobahn, the Nürburgring, or one of the F1 circuits. Do it. Um, Coming back to the United States, obviously, we have a permanent location in New Orleans. Uh, It's a a fast straight. It's a fun back. uh, It's a beautiful tourist destination. So you can make a whole trip out of that, which is why we chose to set up an operation there. Uh, If you can drive with us in Atlanta, Atlanta Motorsports Park is a lot of fun. Yep. Two miles of elevation changes and kind of the foothills of the Appalachians is, uh, <laughs> if you've never gone up, don't, remember, don't forget, every hill you go up blind, you have to come down, down blind, and yeah. you're going real fast. So that's a lot of fun to drive. Um, the East Coast has uh, got a lot of fun, you know, Pocono or uh, New Hampshire or uh, Lime Rock or Monticello. VIR. VIR. It's so much cool stuff on the yeah. East Coast that you can just bounce around. I mean, I'll hit a couple tracks in a day, and they're still building new tracks out there. Yep. Um, that's definitely a favorite of mine. And uh, then you can head out to the West Coast, and everything's just kind of crazy. It's, it's flat and dry. Or you've got really complicated tracks like Laguna Seca, which right. we don't do because it's too dangerous for our program, and we've, yep. we've kept yeah, it yeah, that yeah. way. Um, but I say visit us in Atlanta, New Orleans, or you guys
1: do Road America.
3: We do Road America. We were just there last weekend. That's a it.
1: it's hometown that, for me, so it's my favorite. that's a
3: bucket list track. That's one of our favorite tracks. It's a fast track, um, and there's cheese castle on your way home
1: and Elkhart Lake is a fun town like it, it is a fun we town. have a place at the Ostaf so I go up there a lot great food great drinks that's a, that's a town to make a trip from I love People, hanging out at Elkhart yeah, Lake. I really do I'm a big fan of going out there but I did a 24-hour karting race in Dubai years ago when I was a teen but it hadn't developed like it is now I mean it's, it's crazy it's now. crazy there now that's a bucket list if you want to do Friar World I do want to drive the Nürburgring I got I have a friend of mine that um Won the 24 Hours of the Ring this year in a uh, VLN car. So he's when I sold my car and I said, uh, shout out to Carlos Gomez. I, I said I, I try to figure out what I'm gonna do next. He's like, come do endurance racing in Europe, which is apparently much more affordable than endurance racing in the states, where you're doing IMSA sure. and Pearly World Yeah, Challenge. I can so. believe that. I don't have any laps in the Nürburgring, so I have no business at all trying to do a race out there. But that's a crazy yeah. – I'm going to do that next year. I just yeah,
3: did. that's a bucket list. Uh, our chief marketing officer did it a couple of years ago. You haven't done it yet? I haven't done it, no. Okay. Uh, I just bring it up because it's on – it, yeah, should, be sure. on, it, yeah, it should, should be on, on a everybody. human being's bucket list. Yeah. Even if you just go in a bus and go for a test drive, like yeah. Yeah. it is the Nürburgring. Have you ever done CODA?
1: I've not done CODA, but the – series the Villan series their 24-hour race is actually in coda in the u.s so my hope is that next year if i do do that sort of series that coda might be the track i do but i heard coda it's fun depending on what you drive there so if you don't drive the right car if you're driving a miata coda
3: forget about it it. yeah it's gonna take you a while yeah and be really wide open um yeah i would imagine you did you like? Did you drive to Ham- Coda? Lewis Hamilton did really enjoy Coda. Yeah, uh, I did. Yes, I, I've driven Coda in a 458. Um, I probably drove that 458 about 82% of its potential. Maybe not even. Maybe 62% because that track is so imposing and, yeah, vast and fast. and and I mean just just it takes a hundred laps to figure out how fast you can go. But check it off.
1: Well, if you hit anything at that track, it's really expensive. They bill you a freaking Big bill.
3: I, You know, I'll be honest with you, it doesn't matter which track you're at. If Is you that any, happening everywhere? Everywhere you go. Really? You go. There are a lot of different track uh, kind of business mindsets that we go to. And it's really interesting to see. You've got your super, super corporate tracks like Circuit of the Americas. Uh, you've got your... Private but well-run tracks like yeah. uh, like Autobahn or yeah. Pittsburgh International Race Complex or NOLA Motorsports Park, and then you've got your tracks that were built a long time ago for a different reason that are becoming more popular because programs like ours are coming to them like gingerman right uh where all of a sudden they're like well we weren't really equipped for a thousand guests but now extreme experience is here grid life is here how do we you know
1: i'm sure grid life made them have to get right like
3: but their safety team is still riding a golf cart so like you know how does that all kind of come together and so it's been interesting because kind of the bigger players in the industry you know scca or imsa and the tracks they go to our program have been influential on the tracks that will listen to say hey you know here are some recommendations we That's have a nice. safety director who comes out and says i'd recommend these safety barrier modifications or you're you're in the right to build a program if they destroy this part, portion of your land because they shouldn't they shouldn't have to destroy right. that portion of your land or whatever it is so it's been interesting but we've influenced that a little bit i don't think i'm going to build a racetrack anytime soon but i've got enough yeah. knowledge where i probably could run one i don't want to put hundred yeah. million into the ground just right now yeah, yeah,
1: that's, but, a, that's an expensive and totally different business model. Um, but, yeah, it's it's awesome that you guys go to a lot of those smaller tracks, too, because like a Gingerman, I used to go up to Gingerman and do $50 track nights there. Right, exactly. There and I don't think those exist anymore, but those were not the they safest try. things. But, right,
3: you know, that I mean, was not that's where we name. figure our positive influence one way or another safety. can make this better for everybody.
1: I mean, the safety is a big point. Jim just asked a question, and I'll read it to you, and he said, uh, I didn't even read the whole thing yet, I wanna ask, a, it's a buddy of mine, Jim Patak, uh, his handle is James something or another. But it's, uh, I wanna ask a question, but I'm not sure how to formulate it. Does he have any thoughts about the seeming increase in instructors getting hurt? I think Jim probably did, may not have jumped in at the beginning of this. Um, I'd imagine with him having a wide variety of students, much wider variety than students you and I have had, does he have to do anything special or different that works to keep students in check and instructors safe? Jim may have came in kind of at the tail end of it, but I don't know if you want to touch on it. Just Yeah, I can touch back on that because
3: it it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I look at our instructors every day and I say, you know, my hat is off to you for taking the time to give up your steering wheel and your brake pedal and really sit next to someone who wants to enjoy this, but, you know, has very little, you know, they have a 20-minute classroom potentially And a helmet with a chatterbox and that's all the qualification that they have so how do you stay safe how do i keep you safe let me know what i can do to invest in you um and we found right now that the the biggest thing that our instructors ask of us is that we do and we implement that uh that mentorship program that we've talked about because they know that there's the group who's doing it now that group ensures that uh, the communication between the classroom and on track is exactly the same so when they communicate with the student the student is not hearing it for the first time it Exclusive responsibility for safety is not just in the right-hand seat, but it's a portion of our marketing team who sends out track layout maps and sends out video flybys and stuff. So you could be watching content prior to your drive. When you get there, you sit through the classroom and you go through it again. Then you ride in that, that Chevy SS and you see the track with the with the lead instructors who have, been, have the most tenure. Then you finally get to your car. So all these things are implemented and designed to keep you safe and let your instruction be the most effective i mean we completely understand out there that you know like we touched on as well the cars are getting faster um and so part of the safety is us knowing which cars to put in the program and, and quite honestly which cars not to and if our instructors and our safety directors get together and make recommendations i listen to them
1: i mean i kudos to you guys because and i'm going to say this to Jim might be okay with me saying this, um, but some people listening who I know really well who are instructors at uh, local clubs are probably not going to be thrilled with this, but it is what it is. What you just explained, you guys go a thousand times higher in training of your instructors than the local clubs do i feel like again i, I went to and i don't do a lot of uh HPDEs or high performance driving mm-hmm. events anymore but i've instructed some um you know sean young's event laps inc is incredible he does a very good job of training his instructors to be good instructors like you guys do but there are a lot of them and it's even the clubs like bmw porsche club and i'm a part of the porsche club i'm an instructor there so sorry to my buddies who are you know on the board and stuff and and they listen to this all the time. The instructor pool is not talented, they don't know what they're doing, they just have had 10 more track days than the guy they just put in the car and they can't communicate and they can't effectively figure out how to keep somebody in check and what you guys are doing I think uh, for your instructors is amazing but also for the people driving the cars because if your instructors keep the driver safe in turn, the instructor safe cuz nothing's going wrong works, you know right. it's a, when when shit goes wrong in a car it goes wrong for both people sitting in there and your level of being able to effectively train an instructor the local clubs most of them at least minus i got to give it to uh, and i haven't been to every clubs you know i know chin and all these places they do a lot of them and i right. haven't been to uh, any of their events so they could be doing a, a very effective job i think most of the manufacturer clubs no offense, do a really shitty job of it. And I think it's dangerous, but to their point, they have 40 people who need somebody to ride along with them at once, and they just don't have enough people to fill 40 seats with, and I think the answer for them is they need to go spend some money and bring in people and effectively pay, or um, start a program every year where they're training the people who want to be because everybody wants to be like, Oh, I'm a racing instructor. You right. know, like it's like the cool thing. Like even hey, when they don't I race cars, I want to like yeah. I'm an astronaut or a race car driver. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. But they want to be like, you know, like I instruct racing schools and they, some people are pro drivers like the guys and gals that you have. And there's just some people who want to go back to the water cool and say this weekend I was a racing instructor.
3: The problem with that and the problem with the industry is that it's still evolving at a yeah. very at a very rapid pace. If you look at it 20 30 years ago when these tracks like gingerman were being built and Circuit of the Americas were a figment of our imagination, the racing industry was if you had the money and you bought the car and you took the risk, like do your thing. Um and now that the cars are evolving and there are programs like ours and not being a race car driver myself, I'm kind of commercializing the aspect of racing in a whole new way. And sure there've been skip barbers and stuff around for a while and, and they have all the credit in the world for doing that. Um, but the more light we put on the ability to go out and do this, the more responsibility we have sure. to deliver our people and our cars and our customers safely back in every time. And you know, if we don't Take that responsibility seriously and do it together as an industry. Uh, then it's not going to last. And you know whether we were motivated by it in the beginning because we had really expensive cars that they didn't want to bang up. And my philosophy was if you don't bang up the car, you don't bang up the person inside the car, or right. whatever. We really now acknowledge the fact that even a Ferrari can be replaced, but I can't replace you. Sure. And so it's my responsibility to not have to. Um, and we all have to take that responsibility. If you can't, then take a step back before you hurt somebody. Evaluate your program, make the appropriate investments, uh, call us, let's work together and then let's roll out a safer program for everybody.
1: No, I it's, it's, it's awesome. And it's amazing what you guys do because it's not out there. Um, I've instructed enough racing schools to know it uh, just doesn't exist. Um, you know, from, from the standpoint of local racing schools, again, I'll give Sean all the credit in the world because his program is just very top notch, very different than what you guys do because everyone's bringing their own cars and doing that. And the, the students are very, very fast and they're not driving 488s and Lamborghinis and GTRs. But I think to answer Jim's question, again, long winded, what you guys are doing and what Sean's doing with laps is you're truly instructing your instructors to be effective right. racing instructors. It and it's yeah, not it it, there's not a lot of it out there. So good for you guys. We went over, didn't we, uh, John? Yeah. John's like, we, well, yeah, you guys went way over. I mean, I could I could go on and on and on with this guy. Um, Save 50 now is the promo code for this weekend's Audubon experience that you guys have. Uh, like he mentioned earlier in the show, um, you guys can go on their website. Um, John's been running it uh, uh, on the screen a bunch of times. We'll also put it in the comment section. If you don't go this weekend, buy gifts for significant others over the holidays birthdays, um, whatever sorts of anniversary gifts you guys need to buy because it really is the coolest experience. I'm I'm a car geek and I love racing. It's my favorite thing in the world. So when we knew you were coming on, I got real geeked out by it. But I I, I mean it and I'm not just saying it because he's on and in front of me right now. You cannot have an experience like this for that sort of money. And there is not a damn way you're ever gonna be able to buy that car and drive it on the track without spending a shit ton more money. I didn't even talk about how much it costs to insure a 488 just for one day on the track, but it's way more than 350 bucks. Because if you wanna do a high performance driving school with a car that's even a fraction of the price, if you wanted to take an M3 out on the racetrack, and an M3 is a great car, you through a private insurance company will spend five to 700 bucks to insure that car for one day. So what you guys are giving them is an experience that nobody else is ever gonna be able to give them. And John's about to tell me that I forgot to ask something about advice. For entrepreneurs, because this is—that's what a this show. is all about. So it's, right? It's all about. You and I would have just talked about cars. John's like, yeah just, yeah, just talk about cars for the next three <laughs> hours. But I love cars, man.
3: Um, this is about this is about entrepreneurship, and that's kind of the fun part. Is you know, we design the program, whatever. So um, we're excited about it. And if you're a pro racer or not, we've had them all come test drive the program. We'll, we'll find a way f- to make it exciting for you. Um, for entrepreneurs who don't care about cars or are just interested in how to get this thing going, I kind of circle back to a couple real simple morals of our story all along, which was I, I went into it a little bit blind or a lot of it blind, not being a race car driver, but that, that key it gave me was that I never overth- overthought anything. I didn't overthink how difficult this would be. I didn't overthink the safety hurdles. I dealt with them as we came across them, but I just said, you know what? I hear people want to do it. Can I be the guy to deliver it? And I said, I'm going to be the guy. And then I jumped and I said, Autobahn, I'll be there. And I don't have any cars. I don't have any ticket sales. I don't have any marketing experience. But you know what? Between now and then, I'll figure it out. So I jumped and I built my wings on the way down. Um, and I did all of that with the best team that I could find surrounding me. And, uh, you know, no, no one entrepreneur makes it very long just being a solo, a solopreneur. Um, build a good team and, and take those risks. I, I see too often that... Uh, entrepreneurs put together a really lengthy business plan flip through the pages edit the pictures go to FedEx put a new cover on it flip through the pages again you know where a real entrepreneur is he's already started and he's yep. scribbling his notes down in his lessons about what he learned along the way so if you're thinking about it just try it worst case scenario is you end up back on your couch
1: yeah I, I mean perfect I mean really well said and yeah what's the worst that happens you want to call it failure you'll learn from it you'll redirect you'll do something else very rarely taking a risk in business will kill you so if it doesn't kill you it'll make you a little bit stronger so
3: yeah a knock on wood just yeah. you know in our industry for what, I guess I guess for what, what we're, we're doing, doing. um yeah. but totally uh different. we started you know and uh good and, good for you and,
1: um, and you're uh i read one of your book recommendations is my actual favorite book extreme ownership oh I thought you say racing in the rain oh yeah actually that's my favorite non uh, my favorite fiction book and they're going to be building a um,
3: movie out of it most importantly it's going to star uh, Patrick Dempsey is it going to star Patrick Dempsey I know he's involved in it he's involved in it but isn't um, uh, the, the guy from this is us isn't he in it too
1: Oh, I didn't know that.
3: It might be. If there's two of those guys in one movie, even I won't be able to stay Yeah, away. yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, uh, not only uh, Extreme Ownership is my favorite book. Uh, Jocko and Leif do a fantastic uh, job taking what we can only imagine as the most extreme scenarios, applying them to business and then applying them to life, depending on where you are in the, that scope. But they just released a new book, uh, The Dichotomy of Leadership came oh, out just it. a couple of months ago. I ordered a copy. It's sitting on my desk at my office and I can only imagine it will be just as motivating, uh, as extreme ownership, but simple principles on how you're in charge of you.
1: You are probably the fourth or fifth, um, entrepreneur that has recommended that book on the show, but nobody's recommended the art of racing in the rain, which is the, uh, I'm, I'm a dog I mean I love my dog i, I love dogs. dog racing. I have
3: a, a daughter I have a race car yeah. like, this is perfect yeah
1: yeah it's a tearjerker even for like a guy like me who doesn't cry at movies and stuff. we don't like, cry no yeah you read that book I, I cannot wait to watch the movie uh, when it comes out but you should read the book the book is amazing
3: Life is about balance. If you're gonna have right. a Navy seal tell you how to run your business, uh, just make sure you have a fictional dog tell you how to run your life.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is like the perfect opposite ends of the spectrum and my two favorite books as well. So thank you so much for coming on again. We could do this over and over again. Uh, we'll probably have you back on again and um, I'm probably gonna come out and drive one of those things because I really wanna consider getting a 991 GT3. So
3: I will be there all day tomorrow. Short notice, but uh, anybody's welcome, come chat me up. I'd love to talk. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday I will be in and out, but either way, our office is in Chicago. So reach out, comment, and uh, I'm happy to to continue to connect.
1: Awesome, thank you so much for coming on, and um, we'll be back next week, uh, Wednesday at three o'clock. John, do you have anything else?
0: I do not. That was a great show. Yeah, yeah. I was so excited to have this guy in here. <laughs> we'll you knew down. that
1: him and I were going to hit it off. Um, I, did. I cars, did. If
3: it wasn't sure. raining, I had a hurricane lined up to bring here.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh. Oh. oh, We could drive. It's all-wheel drive. It we could drive we'll shit drive. out of we'll a hurricane in the rain. Well, let's get one from Joe at Bentley Gold Coast. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, we could really drive one in the rain. But, uh, yeah, I, I will... Definitely be in touch, and anybody who's watching, this is the perfect gift to get your significant other. Even if they're not the craziest car person like I am or like a lot of people who are listening, it's an experience that you will never forget. Listening to the engine of anything, I mean, even the GTR, the Nissan, like we said, um, to the Ferrari or hearing a Huracan and getting in that thing and driving it for some laps, it's a crazy experience. That's a crazy experience to go ahead and ride along with your significant other to the track and then let a pro driver just take you out for a few laps. Yeah, buy the gift for yourself if you're listening. If, if you have a, a love for roller coasters, like I've taken a couple of people out in race cars and they're like, I've ne- I like roller coasters. There's nothing like this. So it's a different universe. Totally different universe. You don't have to wait in line for three hours at Great America. Just let no. a pro race car driver take you out for a few laps. Come race a Ferrari. Yeah, come race a Ferrari. Sit with the pro drivers. Um, I had a blast. Um, Can't wait to come out and I'll I'll come drive some of these cars. I think it's a cool experience for somebody who has never done it before or somebody who has driven these cars before. You cannot do it for this price point. There's nowhere you can do it. So thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. In
0: three,
3: two, one.